Hello, hello, dear listener, and welcome to the very first episode of Love and Astrology. In case you don't know who this is that's talking, which I imagine all of you do, but I'm Julie Day, and I have on the other end of this recording, my dear love partner, wizard, Marco. Hi, Marco. Hello, Julie. (laughs) I'm so excited that he committed to joining me for these shows because Marco is so freaking busy. And not only does he have, you know, a full-time job in which he's doing more and more every day, um, but he has three kids. He's now once again plunged into kickball league season. (laughs) And this dude works out at the gym, which is in our garage, five to six times a week. Is that accurate? Uh. Can you hear me? Oh, I thought I had myself on mute. <laughs> Didn't. Um, yeah, it depends on the week. Sometimes, yeah. It depends on the week. Sometimes just five days. <laughs> Anyways, I say all that because Marco has a moon in Aries, and we are going to be talking all things Aries today. We're going to be talking about the medicine of Aries. So when the sun is moving through the sign of Aries, what does that mean for all of us? It doesn't matter if you have no Aries in your chart, you will be under an Aries curriculum. Every year, we get an annual upgrade in this medicine, in our consciousness. We get an annual consciousness upgrade. So what is that all about? What are we moving through now? What are the challenges that are facing us? And how can we use the Aries energy to bust through, to rise up, to know something greater about ourselves and perhaps the world around us as well. So I'm going to say that it would be handy for you to have some pen and paper close by. If you happen to have your astrology chart, most of you listening uh, probably already know your full astrology. If you have your loved one's astrology nearby, uh, a family member that you're challenged with, their astrology nearby, um, so that you can see if they have their sun, moon, or Venus in Aries. Because not only are we going to talk about the medicine of Aries, but we're going to talk about what it looks like in love and relationships. So of course, I'm talking about romantic relationships, but I'm also talking about any relationship, your boss, your coworker, your bestie, your um, family member, the that you're consistently challenged with or your family member that you are never consistently challenged with, you know, let's look at Aries in love, how they do love, what makes them feel safe and secure, how they do creativity um, and just how they see the world so that we can understand them better and love them better and receive their love even better. So pen and paper, so you can take some notes. I'm also going to give you several journal prompts to take in your own time and in your own way. So of course, as you're listening to this audio, you can pause and write it down. I may, may not be creating a worksheet for this. Who knows? We're going to see. And um, so definitely write them down. And I think that's it. One thing I want to say right here at the top is that, you know, this is our very first masterclass. This is our very first deep dive on love and astrology. So We definitely want to hear from you. Was this supportive? If so, how was it supportive? What was supportive about it? Would you like something more or something less that would make it even better for you? 
Uh, and in this way, as we continue to show up, we can sculpt it into something truly awesome that you look forward to every month. And that is really supportive for your own journey. All right. So, and those comments to give feedback, you can either email me, julieelizabethday at gmail.com, or if you're listening to this on Substack, you can just comment below and that would be super helpful. Thank you. All right. Let's see here. Did I, did I forget anything, Marco? No, I think you got it all. Okay. Awesome. So for the first part of this, Marco is going to be kind of silent. I'm going to be yakking a lot over here. So uh, get used to my voice for a minute. And then Marco will join us when we, um, dive even deeper into the qualities of Aries. <sighs> All right. So Aries, the first sign of the Zodiac, the baby of the Zodiac. The dates of Aries are March 21st through April the 19th. The symbol, of course, is the ram, the golden ram, actually. Aries is a fire element, and the ruling planet is Mars, the god of war, Mars. So what are the key words for Aries? And first, I'm going to talk about the positive attributes. Keywords are bold, ambitious, passionate, self-reliant, confident. They are great initiators. They are fire starters. Uh, they are competitive in fun and playful ways, expressive, brave heroic and action oriented. They are the I am consciousness. I am, therefore I act. The, on the shadow side though, they can be impulsive. They can be egotistical, aggressive, and sometimes even reckless or careless. So be careful with your heart. Make sure that whatever areas you are enjoying some love and connection with that uh, they are not being reckless with your heart, but they are being the hero of your heart. So one of the ways that I always articulate Aries is it's the first sign of the Zodiac. It's the baby. And if you think of a baby and just the way that a baby naturally is wide-eyed, just absorbing all the experiences around it and wanting to participate in all the experiences around it. So I remember my mom telling me when I was a little baby that I would strain my neck. I just wanted to sit up. I wanted to be like my older brother. I wanted to be able to sit up and participate. You'll see babies straining to learn how to crawl or to stand or to speak or to eat, straining to reach for that food and put it in their mouth and then wanting to put everything in their mouth and experience and taste it and touch it. And this is Aries. Experience is everything. The desire to initiate, to activate, to do, to be independent, autonomous, to march to the beat of their own drum, to want what they want and want it now. This is Aries. It's oftentimes the wonderment and the beauty of Aries. And sometimes it's the frustration of Aries. So in addition to that baby wanting to experience everything, it wants to express itself fully and completely. If it's hungry, it lets you know by doing what? Expressing, whether it's grumbling or full tilt, crying, 
the baby will let you know. If it's happy, you will know that full tilt laughter, that belly laugh. Um, if it's curious about something, you will know, you will see the baby straining and stretching towards that thing. And again, this is Aries, that right to experience and express itself. Very important to Aries. Now, Aries also rules the ego, right? That's another thing that we learn when we're in um, like around two years old, right? The terrible twos. This is when we really start to understand that we are separate from everyone else. And that's when that ego really gets activated. Now, we're definitely going to talk about ego today uh, because as we go through this annual upgrade in the Aries consciousness, we are all upgrading our egos. So we're going to dive into understanding more about egos. And part of that journey of the baby starting to understand itself is understanding itself in comparison to others. And this is when that ego gets activated. Oh, I am, I am small because by comparison to my mom, who is big, I am small. I am young in comparison to my older brother. I am young. This is how we start to understand our individual I am journey. This is who I am. I have red hair. I have black hair. I have, um, you know, long fingers. I have short fingers. I have um, uh, fun playing games. I don't have fun playing games. Uh, we start to compare ourselves to the outside world. So part of the the journey of Aries is to understand who am I? Who am I in relation to everyone else? And Aries knows that by what? Going out there and experiencing life and expressing themselves. And therefore they can determine, oh, I'm actually the best at baseball in comparison to everyone else. Oh, I'm the smartest in the room because I said this and no one else said it. Oh, I'm um, the funniest in the room because everybody laughed at me and nobody else was laughed at as hard as, as me. Um, so this is how Aries understands itself. And one of the gifts of Aries that we are all given is that courage to be who you are out loud. Go out there, figure out who you are, figure out your gifts and talents and give them bravely and courageously. One of the things and I can't remember who said this. I want to give this credit to Christopher uh, Witecki, brilliant astrologer. If you don't already know him, follow him on YouTube. Um, but I'm not quite sure if he's the one that said it. He said, Aries are the ones that run into the burning building when everyone else is running out. They live for that kind of heroism, that kind of experience, that kind of bravery and that kind of action in the moment. So whenever the sun goes through Aries, we are all encouraged to get our action on, take more affirmative action in our life, take more positive affirmative action in our life. Um, take steps to really get you to what you want to experience, to how you want to express yourself in life and be willing to be brave, to feel the fear and do it anyway, to be the hero of your own story. And even though it seems crazy to run into the burning building or to 
write the book before you have an audience or to, um, I just had a client that wants to start a, a blog post and she's worried about her audience. Um, and write the dang blog, write the dang book, get out there, start to work out, even though you don't feel good in your body, start to um, put yourself out there on social media, you know, get on TikTok if that scares you, but you have an inkling to get on TikTok. Uh, that's basically, I'm speaking to myself there. <laughs> um, so these acts of bravery that we get to take when the sun is in Aries. Now for each one of us, Aries is happening somewhere in our chart in one of 12 houses. So this is where we get the annual upgrade in that Aries consciousness energy. So I'm going to go through each sign and I'm going to give you the tiniest nugget of where this is happening in your life in your chart. So if you know your rising sign, great. Uh, I'm, this applies to your sun or your rising sign. So for Aries and Aries rising, this is your annual upgrade in yourself, in your ego, in your identity. Who am I indeed? Let me go express and experience more of who I am and expand in that. For Taurus and Taurus risings, this is your 12th house transit. So this is about karma and spirituality and sometimes even faith, <clears throat> letting yourself go deep, letting life just bring you the karmic lessons and blessings so that you can clean and clear and get ready for your own first house journey, which happens next month. Gemini and Gemini risings. This is happening in your 11th house, which is about your sense of belonging in the world. Where do I belong? Let me go out there and experience and express my true belonging. This also has to do with friendships, friend circles, and possibly even putting yourself out there in the public eye. For cancers and cancer risings, this is your career and your legacy. Cancers do career like an Aries. So cancers, even though you might have that soft, squishy inside, you've got that hard shell on the outside. This is your opportunity to get more brave with your career, to go ahead and let yourself get a healthy ego in your career and legacy. For Leo and Lisa, Leo Risings, this is your ninth house. This is about learning, education, your belief system, your belief matrix, really allowing yourself to boldly claim what you believe and know to be true and let yourself go higher and higher up that belief ladder until it's unfuckwithable. Yes, my Leos. Virgos and Virgos Risings, this is your eighth house transit. This is about intimacy, boundaries, trust, sex, death. Yes, it's the house of Scorpio. It's all the Scorpio issues. So you get to be brave with your boundaries. You get to be courageous with your sense of trust. You get to go out there and experience a bigger boundary, a bigger sense of, of intimacy and connection with others. All right, Libras and Libra Risings. This is your seventh house transit of marriage and partnerships. So this is a great upgrade for releasing any codependency, letting, letting yourself want what you truly want within marriage and partnerships. Partnerships can be business partnerships and letting yourself boldly claim it. Scorpio and Scorpio Risings, this is your sixth house. This is day-to-day -day life. So just in your organization of your everyday life, maybe you want to get a new routine and maybe it's a bold routine. Maybe you want to take some courageous action around that. Maybe you need to stop listening to other people and finally do what you really know is the right thing to do because you Scorpios do know. <laughs> this is also the house of the physical body and health. 
So uh, any courageous actions around health. Sag and Sag rising, creativity, romance, self-love, and children. So this is your chance to take some courageous action around pursuing your creative dreams or perhaps your romantic dreams. It could also have to do with being bolder with the actions that you take with your kids or with your own self-love, letting yourself have the holiness of selfishness. Marco and I are going to talk about that in a second. Okay, three more to go. Capricorns and Capricorn Risings. This is your fourth house transit, home, family, and emotional foundation. So that holiness of selfishness applies to you too. Have you been overgiving? Have you had an overblown sense of responsibility? What does it look like to be responsible for your feelings for once? Aquarius and Aquarius Rising. This is your third house transit. So this is about your mindset, your thoughts. Your thoughts that you think about yourself, about your partner, about your world, and then how you communicate those thoughts. So, I mean, Aries is hot, Aries is fire, um, but Aries is also having a lot to do with leadership, which we'll talk more about in a second. Um, so get that mindset aligned with, let's see here, aligned with what? Aries bravery? We'll say that. We'll dive deeper in a bit. Pisces, this is your second house transit. So this is about hmm, money, value, and self-worth. So you get to take bold action when it comes to money, value, and self-worth, really claiming who you are and expressing that higher value. Okay. So before I move on to some great journal questions to ask yourself, I'm just going to pause and ask Marco. How are you doing over there? I just talked a lot. Anything you want to add? No, you're covering it great. You're, <laughs> you're so masterful with all this stuff. You're so, you're so sweet to me. Thanks, lovey. Mm. Um, all right. So I'm going to drop in some great questions to be asking yourself this, this, this airy season. And Marco, you and I can answer some of these questions too, because I'm sure, sure people will be wanting to write this down and the questions. So where are you being called to express yourself more fully or perhaps to, to start expressing yourself? So I'm going to throw that to you. Where are you being called to express yourself more fully? Oh, I've been every facet of life. Um, I work and personally, I think I'm, I think that's, that's uh, probably a core part of my curriculum for the time being. Yeah. Um, you? Me too. Well, me too. I was going to say work. And then I'm thinking, well, for Leo's, it's the ninth house of beliefs. Um, but yeah, it feels like work. <laughs> it feels mm. like work related to me. Express myself more fully there. Um, all right. So the second question, what experience are you yearning to have? And what's one action step that you can take forward toward that today? What experience are you yearning to have? And what's one action step that you can take toward that today? The next question is, where are you being asked to be more courageous? Lovey, we'll answer the next question. It's a, it's a juicy one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in regards to that question, where are you being asked to be more courageous? Like think outside the box. Like sometimes we're being asked to be more courageous with 
just our morning routine. Like be more courageous, take bold action. When you wake up out of bed, do you really need, um, do you really need coffee first thing? Or can you take a walk around the block with your dog? I like, I'm having this whole conversation with myself today. Is that what I need to be doing? Is that what you're telling me guys? As I say that out loud, no, I need that coffee. Um, you know, where can you be courageous? Is it, um, you know, in talking to your mom and you always kind of sublimate because you, 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 you don't want to check her or you don't want her to feel bad. Um, is it being more courageous with spending money, just letting yourself let go of that money and stopping such a tightwad and get it in circulation? You know, that's the energy of abundance. Where are you being asked to be more courageous? Okay. Next question. What is your relationship to anger? Are you being asked to let anger move through you and teach you something? So to let it out? Or are you being asked to draw a healthy boundary toward anger, either within yourself or with another? So Mark, I'm going to ask you, what is your relationship to anger? No, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan. I have a good relationship with anger. Um, oh, really? What's your moon sign, Marco? <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, Aries. Uh, That's right. Yeah, yeah, I've no, I've always been been comfortable with um, with anger, um, but uh, you know, I think my curriculum as of late, um, you know, has been to be more aware of of it and um, the impact it has on others, and and make sure that I'm only expressing it when it's absolutely warranted. Um, so, um, I think I'm definitely on the the boundary side of of the curriculum right now. Well, and that's a great thing that you just said that we're going to pick up later, which is when is it appropriate? You know, I'm sure if you're someone, someone out there listening is going, when is it appropriate? Um, and, and I believe that it is appropriate at times. So we'll talk more about that. Um, my answer to that question, you want to know my answer to that question? Of course. (laughs) My relationship to anger is ever evolving. It is I actually have the opposite moon. I have a Libra moon. So what makes me feel safe and secure is peace at all costs, harmony, (laughs) chillness, stillness, quiet, beauty. So anger is none of those things. (laughs) Um, So anger is deeply felt by me and experienced by me. And, um, you know, when someone is, is angry in my vicinity, it's, I feel like I'm being burned. I can feel that fire. However, when I'm letting it move through me, finally, there's a liberation, right? There's like a freedom, like, holy shit, I'm finally being real or the real stuff is finally coming out. The truth is finally coming out. Now, a lot of times non-truths come out <laughs> when, when I let that anger move through me. But um, in, in the pure sense, uh, if, if I'm able to be conscious while letting that anger move through me, um, a, a lot of truths can break through the surface. Um, yeah. And I've learned to be okay, to be okay with anger and to see it as something that is actually a sacred teacher and a powerful transformer. Again, we're going to talk about that in a second. Okay. So, uh, two more questions for you to journal. Where can you let yourself want what you want a little bit more? Where can you let yourself want what you want a little bit more? Thinking about that baby, right? That baby knows what it wants. It wants the bottle. It wants the pasty. It wants the banky. It wants the binky. You know, it knows what it wants. 
Can you let yourself want what you want and simply express it? And perhaps be willing to let yourself experience it. All right, so the final question, whatever challenge is currently in your life, are you being called to check your ego or to step more fully into healthy ego? Whatever challenge is currently in your life, are you being called to check your ego or to step more fully into healthy ego? What, how would you answer that question? Um, hmm. That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, I think I'm in some areas I'm being, uh, my curriculum is to step into uh, a healthier, more expanded ego. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I kind of view the ego balancing thing as something that you can kind of do and get set. And then it's a maintenance thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, but that's still, I, I mean, again, I'm sure that there, there's still areas where my ego's out of balance. Um, but I think my main curriculum right now is really stepping into a, a healthier, more expanded ego, using the ego the right way. Um, or however you want to phrase that. Yeah, this is a great segue because that's the first thing that I want to talk about with you on the Aries medicine with this ego, which is ego. But let me yeah. just outline what we're going to talk about so everyone can be like waiting with bated breath for all these hot mm -hmm. topics. So we're going to talk about the ego. We're going to give you the broad strokes. We're going to go into the importance of the ego. Is there such a thing as a healthy ego? And how can we know when we go out of bounds with the ego? Uh, we're going to talk about the holiness of selfishness, which is actually a, a, a term that I first heard from Marco, uh, which I absolutely love. And I believe at some point you wrote a fabulous blog on it. I'll have to find it. And, and mm. if I do, I'll, I'll, I'll post it in my Substack account. Uh, we're going to talk about is anger ever a good thing? And we, we kind of gave that away a little bit ago. Uh, when is anger out of bounds? Why do we shame it so much as a society? How can we let it move through us? Uh, and then we're going to talk about fear. What is fear? Is it ever a good thing? How can it fuel us forward? Uh, and then, yeah, then I have one more question, but I'll keep that as a surprise. So those are, those are the Aries topics that we're going to cover. Uh, and I'm so, so happy that you're here uh, talking with me about it because I, I just absolutely love talking with Marco about all these deep things and it's been a minute since we've done something like this together so this feels really special so thanks for being here yeah well we get to talk about this stuff all the time it's just been a, been a minute since we've actually recorded it right done it done it publicly for other people ah! okay so first let's give some broad strokes here um what is ego how would you explain it um you know kind of from from where my vantage point now and the way that I navigate and view existence in the world, I, you know, ego is to me, it's a necessary part of the human suit, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's like the, if you remember, you know, um, 2001 space odyssey, how 9,000 was the, you know, was the, the onboard computer helper. And, and that's really what I've experienced the ego to be. It has a certain level of consciousness. It's able to identify problems. It's able to, you know, try and come up with solutions, alert us to things, 
but it, it also seems to be lacking in this higher consciousness, the ability to determine this is a good thing to pay attention to. That's not a good thing to pay attention to. So it's very much like mm. a computer or, you know, even a dog or an animal in a way, right? Like it's got some level of intelligence to it, but it's, it's lacking this, this higher level of intelligence. And, and I guess really its purpose as I experience it is to help differentiate us mm -hmm. from the other uh, beings, you know, and, and things and entities, you know, in the world around us. I mean, it seems to be an important part of the existence process here on earth. It's a, I don't see it as a, a mistake, having it be out of balance and unaligned is a mistake, I think, and that creates, you know, um, imbalance. But um, I think we're meant to use it. It's, it's part of the experience here. It's part of the uniqueness of the earth incarnation experience. You? Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, that was said so well. And, um, I think where I would go is you said one of the words, um, I, I would go with the ego is to, to keep us alive, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. down here, you know, to point out that, which is risky, that, which is, uh, mm -hmm. going to kill us, uh, that, which or is even unsafe hurt us. or hurt us. Even hurt us. Yeah. It's very true. God, that's all. That's a whole nother talk, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and also to differentiate, which is a great word that you used um, to help us understand who we are to individuate us, you know, like mm -hmm. I am Julie in this earth incarnation, because I do believe that on the other side, we have way more of a sense of oneness that is all mm -hmm. permeating. So to come down here to earth, what makes it so unique is that we get to differentiate, we get to have our own independent Aries experience so where it tips out of balance and that's the next question is with that individuation because we start to say oh i'm different i'm taller mm -hmm. and that's healthy and then it can tip into therefore i must be superior to mm -hmm. everyone here right or mm -hmm. the opposite i'm shorter or i'm you know not as smart uh, book wise as the kids in my class therefore I'm not as good mm -hmm. as everyone else I'm not as smart um, mm -hmm. and that's how I see the ego tipping out of balance how would you mm -hmm. articulate how the ego oh, goes out of balance totally and this is a discussion that you and I have been having for years now we've I know. <laughs> seen it seen it in our own lives you know it seems like there's a path of balance where I would say a balanced ego is one that is a aligned underneath the will of the, uh, you know, of the essential being of the essential mm -hmm. us. Um, but B that is rightly estimating ourselves, not overestimating, not underestimating. Like, you know, I mean, you like a, a, I think a healthy balanced ego is able, if you're exceptional in areas, it's not healthy to treat yourself and talk to yourself as if you were substandard in those areas or subpar mm -hmm. in those areas. Uh, and vice versa, if you are below average in a particular area, it's not healthy to tell yourself constantly that you are better than everybody else in that area. Like, so it's it's this right balanced estimation, I think, uh, of ourselves, um, you know, and the world around us, you know. And part of that, I think, is is this awareness that look, regardless of our outer circumstances, at, at my essence as a soul being, I am no more valuable than anyone else on this planet regardless of of their circumstances uh or experiences gosh you brought up something that is such a beautiful gift that you brought me as an aries moon um and you just talked about it that like it in, in, in 
most people listening to this call are going to be women and most women. And yes, I'm generalizing here. Um, uh, the, the struggle is with that diminished ego mm. that um, I am less than, or I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. Now, of course, plenty of men struggle with that as well. And we all struggle with both sides of the ego mm. um, imbalance. <clears throat> However, <laughs> I really want to highlight what you said, which is if you're really exceptional at something, you know, if you're gifted, talented, you have an innate divinely appointed gift with something it is not healthy ego to diminish it, to play humble jumble, to say, oh, well, I mean, I'm good, but so are you. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, this is the Aries medicine. No, own who you are, own your mm-hmm. individualized self, own mm-hmm. your gifts and talents and, and express them fully um, mm-hmm. and be willing to experience them fully. Oh, and that, and, you know, Marco as an Aries moon, he was one of the first people to uh, I almost wanted to say punch me in the face with that, which is a very serious <laughs> thing, you know, <laughs> like, like Julie, get out of this diminished ego, like stop it. Um, and it felt scary to me to embrace that at first. It felt egotistical, which is actually just an illusion that is from the ego at times um, that by embracing your gifts, you're egotistical. That's a lie. That's the ego wanting to keep you safe, wanting to keep you small, um yeah so so thank you aries moon Mm -hmm. um okay so what i want to invite everyone to do with each round of uh contemplations that we're doing here is if you're on the Substack, if you're listening to this on Substack, just drop down into the comments like do you have anything to say about ego where are you on the ego train uh what are some helpful hacks for you uh, yeah. And that way we can all be in this community conversation. What is, do you have like a helpful hack for identifying when you're in ego and how to get back into healthy ego? Oh, um, man, I think, you know, uh, the identifying when the ego part is, is pretty easy because it's anytime there is an, uh, an I statement or a, a statement of differentiation or comparison, it's always coming from my ego. I mean, what I've experienced is impulses that, that originate from my higher self are, they're about the experience. It's, I, I want to experience this. I want to experience that. It would be great to experience this. Whereas any impulses coming from my ego are always cloaked in, you know, I'm so awesome at this, or I can't believe I have, or I should be this, or, you know, people should see me as that, or, you know, mm. it's, it's about, it's about getting something. It's about some kind of yes. something. Whereas the, the higher self signals are really purely about that experience. It's like, I, I feel the need to express this to this person right now, regardless of whether or not they love what I say or understand what I say, like, this is what I need to say to them right now, you know, versus, I want to say this, because if I say this, they'll think I'm that or, you know. Right. So the ego body being the thing that's wanting a, a, an agenda, um, yeah. a validation, yes. yep. um, something reflective of self. And when it's from the higher self, it's about the experience, wanting to become yeah. more of perhaps a quality, more it fun, to, more adventure. Wants to, well, and it wants to do that thing for it, that thing's sake. Um, mm. Mm. That's cool. I always think of it as ego when it's out of balance is either going to be um, thinking thoughts about 
your less than this or your greater mm. than this, yeah. you know? So it's either, oh gosh, well, you know, I can't do that because I just, I don't have enough training and I don't, you know, that's ego mm-hmm. diminished. Yep. And then the, you know, oh, I should totally apply for this position. I have two out of these 20 qualifications, <laughs> you know, right. like that's a grandized ego. Right. So, um, right. And then, and then the balanced is, wow, I, I feel like I really want to do this thing. I'm excited by it. Like thinking about doing it, it's a little nervous, but I, but I'm excited by it. I'm not sure if I can, but you know, uh, I'm going to go for it. You know? So I've never thought of it before in terms of experience versus like some kind of validation seeking thing. Mm -hmm. Um, That's cool. I'm going to start to track that now. And I love it. And what is Aries (laughs) all about? expression and experience and there you go aries moon <laughs> bringing it all home for us okay what is the holiness of selfishness mm, uh, that's a, one of one of my favorite concepts i'd say it's probably one of our favorite concepts as well um <laughs> you know and I, I think it's something that you and i again discussed over the last several years and we identified you know in our culture this kind of judeo-christian philosophy permeates everything even the the non-religious thinking um and and a lot of that is tied up in this thought that the highest uh act that any human can uh, aspire to is completely giving uh up all their desires all their wants in service to another or a group of people and um i have come to experience personally that that's just absolute bullshit and what it actually leads to is misery um, it mm-hmm. leads to a lot of people trying to force themselves. I, I grew up in a very specific, very strict, uh, you know, religious uh, world. And the fear in that world was if I give my, if I commit my heart to God, he, they, he was, you know, God was a he for them. Uh, you know, he's going to send me to the worst part of the world that I don't want to go to, you know, and it, mm-hmm. that's kind of the flip side of that thought of like, you know, giving up, like, of course, what's God going to ask for me? Well, the highest thing that any human could do, which is giving everything that they want up for others. And then that's not, that's not actually what I've experienced. What I've experienced to be true. And I think we've experienced to be true is no, I incarnated to take care of this life that, that I am, this personality that will never exist again like this. And mm-hmm. I, I am responsible first and foremost for that life. No one else on this planet of almost 8 billion people has the level of responsibility for this life of Marco that I do. So my, my uh, first and foremost responsibility is to the life I incarnated to be. And, and part of that is being giving and loving to others, but it has to, it has to be done in a way that honors who I, the, the life that I took responsibility for first and foremost, then mm-hmm. once I get my mask on, then I can put the, the air mask on for the folks around me in the plane. Yeah. Yeah. So what, everything that you were just saying so speaks to me of the divine appointment of each and every one of our incarnations, you know, like we were first an idea in the mind of this infinite being, you know, like I, I, I love imagining that like, Oh my God, like I'll get an idea sometimes that I think is great. Right. Like, Oh my gosh, I want to write about this or, Oh, I want to make this recipe or, Oh, I wonder if this color would look great on my walls. And, and just, that spark that it gives me, like imagining mm. that that's the same spark that mm. happened in this divine being, like, oh, this recipe of the soul and mm-hmm. all that's possible for the soul. And, and, and the fact that 
you are unique. You have never been before. You will never be again um, as a soul. And then each incarnation that comes from your soul's creation and creativity has never been before and will never be again. It's mm-hmm. so, so special. So, so you're everything about you, your picadillos, your quirks, your, your gifts, your talents. It's so unique. And unless you give life to it, it will never be known and experienced and expressed. So um, to not only let it be holy, but, but to let it be an act of, of joy and act like a song, you know, to, wow, like I'm going to have to listen to this. This, this, is, this is a great pep talk to myself for getting mm-hmm. out there. So mm-hmm. yes, you know, let your life be that song. Well, and this so points to the beauty of the existence structure to me, because what I've observed, you know, there's there's always been this counter argument to ideas like this. So it was like, well, but if everybody just does what they want to do, then the world's just chaotic because then, you know, everybody just wants to drive a BMW. And Mm -hmm. and it's like, well, no, that's actually not what everybody wants to do. And the amazing thing that I've seen is when people really do commit themselves to really being who they are and caring for that life they incarnated to be and and healing it as much as they can and then expressing it as much as they can like everybody in the world around them is better for it um and and so this system is so unbelievable and so intricate that you know i think that's part of the the whatever you want to call it the kingdom of heaven or or the you know the reign of peace or whatever that we're we're evolving to one day is this mm. place where we're all just authentically ourselves and mm-hmm. we don't have all the bristles and the the you know the hurts and the woundings and this we're all just authentically being ourselves and enjoying the amazing aspects of of you know this this planet mm-hmm. um, yeah. love it i love that thank you okay um so now on to the hot topic and by the way, everyone remember, what do you think of the holiness of selfishness? Like, are you being asked to get more selfish right now to get more self-focused or are you getting asked to set that aside for now? Where are you at? What do you think of this concept? Okay. Hot topic. Is anger ever a good thing? I'm, I'm just going to ask all the questions and just let you jump in wherever you want to jump in. When is okay. anger out of bounds? What is anger about? Why do we shame it so much as a society? And how can we let anger move through us without burning those around us? Do you want to start this time? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, first of all, y'all, if any of y'all follow any astrology accounts on Instagram and get hit with a lot of memes, you will see a lot of hilarious memes about Aries, like waking up angry, being super aggressive. You know, um, Aries has no problem with anger. They've got, in fact, for, for them, it would be unhealthy not to express that, right? Um, mm-hmm. They're here to express everything fully. So that includes anger and they are very, it's, it's the first fire sign. It is fire full tilt, man. Um, so right now it is possible, even though we have a lot of energy and beautiful spiritual Pisces right now, but it is possible that anger might be coming up for you. So is anger a good thing? When is anger out of bounds? What is anger about? I, you know, I will say that um, I have had a long contemplation of 
learning not to shame it myself, both within myself and without. And being with this Aries moon uh, named Marco, who definitely burns hot and has no problem um, being fiery. I've, I've seen the transformation that happens when you let yourself be fully expressed with no, no thing off the table. So anger's included. And I've noticed how our arguments go so much faster when we actually let ourselves get angry. Like I believe that if we didn't let ourselves get angry um, and you know, the work right is to not burn the other person with that anger. But if we didn't let ourselves get angry, um, I think our arguments might go on for like three days and instead, instead they get resolved like within 12 to 24 hours. Um, mm-hmm. So, so that's one of the things that I would say is, is pretty great about anger and why we shame it so much. I, I think it's a misuse. Of, I think it's a misunderstanding of anger and a misuse of anger where it's used unconsciously and it's used to harm um, and yeah. it's used to burn other people um, instead mm-hmm. of to burn through the bullshit. Um, well, that's inside I, of you. And I think that's that thing that and I can't remember the name of that book, but there was that book that, that got recommended to me many years ago. And I didn't even read the book. I read like the introduction. <laughs> I didn't even read the whole introduction. Like I read, I read enough of the introduction to get <laughs> the, the idea. It was, it, it I've done that sometimes. <laughs> it changed everything for me. And what he really outlined was that there's anger and there's rage. And, mm-hmm. you know, anger is actually a very healthy, valid um uh, emotion to express and it's important and valuable rage is a totally different thing and that's usually actually what we're calling anger and rage mm-hmm. rage is all about the past it's all about gestalt and it's it's unsatisfiable so mm-hmm. no matter how authentically you apologize uh you know when it's rage it doesn't satisfy it no change of behavior anger on the other side according to this author um, you know, anger is about a very immediate violation. You're, mm. you're standing on my foot and it really hurts. And I've told you several times nicely that you're on my foot and it hurts and you're not listening. So now I'm going to get angry. I'm going to raise my voice and I'm going to say, you're on my foot, get off my foot. And, mm. but, but the difference is with anger is the moment you get off my foot, I'm good. You heard mm. me. Okay. We're good. Now, when it's rage, it's you never listen. You never get off my foot. You stand on my foot. I say three times and you're like, that's rage. But mm. anger, it's, it's resolvable. It's, there's a, a violation going on right now. And um, I am expressing this level of emotion to get it to stop. And the moment it stops, we're good. Hmm. You know, another thing about anger that I learned when I was first letting myself get angry. And this was probably, I was probably like 31 before I really let myself get angry. Um, was for me, there was some kind of boundary issue. And so I was getting angry. Now this is internal anger. So it's, it's, you know, when you're seething, when you're going over something in your mind, so you're not actually in a confrontation with someone, it's something that you're just holding on to inside. And what I came to understand is it was highlighting a boundary that I had set some time ago and it was now too small. And I hadn't noticed that it was too small anymore. 
Mm. And so people were crossing it all the time, or one person would be crossing it a lot. And that anger was trying to say, hey, grow the motherfucking boundary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ask for more, take up more space, say the scarier things, you know, um, value yourself more. And as soon as I would expand that boundary, everything would settle, you know, and mm. there was no more anger. Mm. Mm. That's good. So, how can we let anger move through us without? burning those around us oh well um i mean i think that's a that, that's a more art than science um because, <laughs> that's okay <laughs> i mean what what i've learned you know and again i, I grew up in i had a, a, a dad and a mom that you know had no problem yelling uh so you know I, i've I've not ever had really a problem with, with anger or getting upset, um, you know, within bounds. Um, mm-hmm. But I've also seen, you know, that there are other people who've clearly had very different experiences growing up. And so angry is anger is something that's very frightening for them for one reason or another, either because of the way it was expressed externally towards them, or in some cases, because of how out of control people felt within their own worlds uh, mm-hmm. of being able to handle the anger. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and I actually just lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, you know, the question being, how can we let it move through us without burning oh, those around us and yeah. being an art more than a science? I think exactly. that's brilliant yeah. I, because I think, it's I think fluid. We have to, we have to just, you know, be sensitive to those around us and mm-hmm. know that, you know, that people, some people, because of their, you know, their nature or nurture are going to be a little more sensitive to, to those energies and, mm-hmm. um, you know, adjust accordingly. Um, and I think the consciousness is everything. Um, it's kind of like that rage anger thing that you were reading. Like um, when I have anger, I haven't lost my consciousness yet, you mm-hmm. know, but when I have rage, I'm, I'm out of it. I'm not, I'm no longer conscious. I'm no longer able to um, be in dominion of my humanness, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. to consider those around me, to listen to the other person. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's hard when I'm angry too, but, um, I would say, uh, so how can we let anger move through us without burning those around us is to stay vigilant to, to how you're wielding it, stay in a space where you can listen to the other person, even if you're hot Mm -hmm. in the inside, Mm -hmm. um, and stay in the, um, in, in the conversation that's happening, whether it's within you or -hmm. whether it's without. Mm -hmm. And if you find that you can't do that anymore, that's probably when you're going to start burning up inside or burning on the outside. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah, how does you, that sound. <laughs> it sounds good, and you know, I was I was gonna say too. You know, I think it's really important, especially in you know, in kind of a, a loving, committed relationship, to to be. It's it's very important to pay attention to any kind of flicker of anger that you feel inside yourself, because mm. um, you know it needs to be addressed. And what what it what I found a lot of times that it does for both you and I, because again, if you're in a loving relationship you know, your, your, your MO is usually, I don't want to say anything that's going to hurt the other person, you know? Mm. Um, and what I found for both you and I is that the anger has usually come at a point where we have been kind of deferring, really expressing something totally directly mm. because mm. we don't, 
we don't want to hurt the other person's feelings and then that's not resolving it and the anger comes finally and and gets us to a point where it burns out that resistance and we go okay mm-hmm. look here's what it is and then that usually is the, the point where we're able to get past the thing so yes. you know i found it helpful for us in in those areas yeah oh my god that's so good so good okay so let's talk about a closely related thing you were kind of just bringing it up which is fear mm. uh that thing that makes us hold back. Mm-hmm. Um, so how can we feel the fear and do it anyways? How can we have a better understanding of what fear is? You know, I think that's, that's a, an exploration that if, if people have not taken themselves through it, they should spend however long they need to in however many contemplative sessions within themselves to really explore, you know, that fear, because there, there is, you know, there are signals that generate that, that come from within our humans that are meant to alert us to danger. Mm-hmm. And those generate responses or feelings or sensations in our bodies that can feel a lot like what we label as fear a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But what I've experienced is that fear, like shame, is completely useless functionally for any good purpose to the human experience like Mm. it it really does like fear the kind of fear we're talking about not the kind of logical fear where the body goes hey you know you're you know whatever you're 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 skipping with a blindfold on next to a cliff that's that's (laughs) you know like that that's something where we got to pay attention to that one right but um the other the other versions of it where it's just our mind going oh god what if this goes the worst way you know oh god what if mm-hmm. i'm never able like that it just it's it really doesn't serve any valuable purpose to us um mm-hmm. so i think uh, you know the way that i've experienced my human operating i have to i have to work through it uh, and part of that is i have to work through the the monkey mind the computer machine mm-hmm. and i yes. i have to convince the hal 9000 of what the higher self already knows to be true. So my higher self might know that fear is absolutely worthless, but my human keeps responding as if it's a valuable thing that needs to be paid attention to. So I've got to take myself through a process of convincing my human of bringing it the, the thought evidence, um, you know, from experience and otherwise, so that it becomes convinced that, Oh yeah, fear is actually not something that's helpful or valuable at all to pay attention to. And then what I've experienced is once my human's convinced of it, then it, it automatically sets about changing its own patterns. Um, and it reflects that core programming. Gosh, you know, I'm going to give an example y'all. And, uh, uh, it's from my, uh, a, a client of mine, um, and this person's journey, and I'm going to do my best to keep them anonymous, including any pronouns, um, because it's so, it's just what you were saying. Like, how do we convince our human? Like, how do we do this? And so um, this person has been in a relationship that is no longer serving them. Um, It's in fact becoming incredibly disrespectful feeling and unkind feeling. And yet there's a strong attraction, a strong connection and uh, probably a little bit of the love addiction energy as well. There's some attachment wounding there. And so there's a lot of fear of leaving the relationship because even though the attachment threads are bare, you know, there's just crumbs there. It's something rather than nothing. So a lot of fear of leaving, of being alone, being without this person, this person not loving them anymore. It's, you know, all these fears. And so 
Marco suggested that exact exercise because my client actually has a really beautiful understanding and consciousness of the principles here, a beautiful understanding that this is no longer kind, that this is, this is more addiction. This is more wounds. And yet the human is still wanting its blankie and unwilling to let go. And so Marco suggested this list, like literally on one side, (laughs) you say all the um, benefits of staying in this relationship. And on the other side, all the cost of staying in this relationship. And in this way, you, it's, it's something inescapable. It's in black and white. It's on paper that your human sees, holy shit. (laughs) Here's the, here's the benefit. Here's the cost. And wow, there are three things on the benefit list and there are 25 things on the cost list. Um, But just even exercises like that, which when we're on the spiritual path, sometimes path, sometimes we, we bypass those. We go, yeah, 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 I know. And it's like, no, but, but we're babying our humans. Like our soul is however many thousands of years old that it is. Our human is only, my human's only 48 years old. Marco's human is only 46 years old. You know, like it's so young in comparison to the rest of us. So don't let that soul, um, uh, overlook, and, and try to rush your humanness. You know, we got, we got to take the time with the human, um, uh, especially when dealing with fear. And I'll say one last thing about the fear thing, um, which is my favorite teaching ever to read and to pass along, which comes from A Course in Miracles, which is that every curriculum that you experience here on earth is to move you from fear to love. So in other words, you're going to feel fear. You're going to feel it all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And a great exercise is to identify where exactly am I stuck in fear? I'm afraid I'm going to be judged. I'm afraid of failure. I'm afraid of rejection, whatever it happens to be. And then where are you being invited to know more of love? which typically my clients always go, wait, can you ask that a different way? <laughs> like, what the fuck does that mean? Um, like, wh- how can you move from fear to love? What's wanting to be loved more inside of you? Where is love seeking to be known? And, and it's more than, okay, I just got to love myself. Like get specific, like a loving act. Okay, so let's say, uh, uh, let's go back to this example, right? Afraid to leave this relationship, afraid of being alone. A loving act feels like, surrounding myself with friends right now. A loving act feels like going to therapy twice a week, you know, like where is love seeking to be known? A loving act looks like taking it one day at a time. So I don't have to think about a week from now or a month from now that feels loving, you know, so fear to love, fear to love. Okay. Anything else to say about fear? Love you. Okay. So, um, Everyone drop in the comments below, tell us anything about fear or about anger that you would like to. And then I would also like to know when was a time that you felt that you were the most brave? Let's just share some Aries stories here. Um, And Marco and I are going to circle back around to this question if we have time, but I definitely want to get to Aries in love. Um, and then, so hold on to your, where do you feel you were most brave story, Marco? And um, mm. if we have time, you and I will dive in at the end. <sighs> okay, friends, gosh, I already feel like we have just 
we have shared an encyclopedia of good wisdom nuggets. Um, I feel really full. And yet here I am, I have a whole other chapter that I want to give you all. Um, Okay, so I'm going to talk a lot now. Marco, Levy, is there anything else you want to say before I jump into this? No, I'm good. Okay. Okay. So for this conversation, I'm going to be focusing in on the sun, moon, and Venus because these are the most relevant to love. And of course, y'all, I'm an astrologer. Like this is like choosing my children. (laughs) I love them all. They're all super relevant, but truly sun, moon, and Venus, those are the most relevant to know in, in love and relationships. The sun is how we see and experience our world. And, and I love the metaphor of like, kind of like the houses at Hogwarts. You know, if you're in Gryffindor, that's how you experience Hogwarts. If you're at Slytherin, it's a totally different experience of Hogwarts. Well, Hogwarts is earth. And if you're a Scorpio, you're in the house of Scorpio. If you're a Leo, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Our moon sun, oh, our sun is the key to our self-expression and experience. Our moon sign is what makes us feel safe and secure. So you might be married to a Leo, which is very much so like on stage, shining, playful, but their moon sign is uh, Virgo, which is going to be kind of shy, kind of introverted, very detail oriented, you know, so this is why it's very important to understand not just the person's sun sign, but also their moon sign. Also in love, this is their safety blanket. If they don't have this, it's hard to exist in that partnership. So one of the best things you can do in a love relationship is really start to understand the person's moon sign. And even if you don't know their moon sign, you can ask, what makes you feel safe and secure? Tell me, what do you need in order to feel safe and secure? Now, the Venus sign is how we do love, how we do love and creativity and money. And it's also the key to understanding our self-worth and how sometimes that may bobble. So when it comes to Aries, and excuse me, I'm going to take a drink of water. Aries sun signs. First of all, let's talk about a few celebrities with sun signs. Levy, you want to take a guess? Like what celebrity out there seems like an Aries to you? Like an Aries. Oh man. Hot, fiery, independent. Uh, Jason Momoa. (laughs) That's a good guess. I don't know what, I don't, I don't think he's an Aries. Um, Maybe you can look that up for us. No, not Jason Momoa. Um, Lady Gaga. Oh, interesting. She is such an Aries. She also has other things in Aries too. Shaka Khan, Elton John, and Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart has a lot of Aries in her chart as well. So these are very independent, you know, independent thinkers, autonomous beings, um, a little bit of a rebel spirit. These are leaders um, and fiery, hot. So Aries sun signs are here to experience independence, action, experiences and expression. They are courageous leaders and sometimes they are rascally tricksters. That was my dad. My dad was an Aries and he was a rascal. They have a strong sense of courage and an ability to take action no matter what. However, are they acting from diminished or aggrandized ego 
are they being brave or are they being reckless? Well, one thing about Aries is that they're actually here to experience it all. So, so you might discern that this person's being reckless instead of being brave or perhaps being, you know, out of bounds ego wise and not in healthy ego. And they still get to experience it and learn what they're here to learn through it in yeah so so moving on to like love and relationships whether it's a family a friend or a romantic partner don't hold them back from the experiences of life let them have those experiences why because ultimately they have a wonderful leader in them they are natural leaders and the more experience they accumulate the more they're leading from that wise um, place of having been there, done that, and, you know, got the t-shirt as my dad likes to say. Um, so let them go out there and get the boo-boos and get the consequences. And then they're going to come back and they're going to be able to hero the shit out of your life, out of other people's lives, encourage them to think independently of, you know, like systems or like popular opinions, support them in stepping into leadership from their deepest sense of what's right and true. And sometimes it's going to be crazy sounding, <laughs> but support them in that. And then um, allow them to go their own way and march to their own drumbeat. I mean, Lady Gaga wore a freaking meat dress, let alone Elton John and all his you know, craziness. So let them follow their own inner voice. And then, of course, enjoy their rascally, rascally sense of humor or their playful sense of adventure. Okay, so moving into an Aries moon sign. Like I said, moon signs are what make us feel safe and secure. So when you have an Aries moon sign, you will not feel safe if you're in any kind of relationship, be it family, friend, or lover. If you cannot experience what you desire to experience and express the way that you are needing to express. So before I get into the details, let's, let's guess some Aries moon signs. Um, and actually, Marco, the other day you shared a reel with me and it was someone and I was laughing at it and I said, ha ha, oh my God, Aries moon, just like you. What was that? It was Cardi B and she uh, was saying, do you remember what the question was that the interviewer was asking her, like, why should people uh, love yeah. you or why should people? Yeah, it was from several years ago and it was, uh, you know, yeah, it was something like, you know, what, wh why should people like you or something of that effect. Right. And she took up, she started to answer it. People should <laughs> yeah. like me because, and then she took a beat and she was like, well, actually, if they yeah. don't like me, that's totally okay. You should do yeah. your own thing. You should just be yeah. you. Yeah. And, if, I, if I don't do anything and, good for you, you shouldn't like me. That's right. That is so Aries Moon, right? She's She was actually caring for other people by supporting their own autonomy, their own individualization, right? Like, go mm -hmm. be you. So Rihanna is also an Aries Moon. She's a Pisces yeah. sun with an Aries Moon. Cardi B has that Libra sun with an Aries Moon. And Bernie Sanders has a Virgo sun with an Aries moon. Yeah. Um, so in order to feel safe and secure, they must be able to express themselves fully. They must have the space to follow their own path, 
to express their own independent nature and to step into leadership. Even if it's just leadership with your family, leadership with your volleyball league, you know, to, to, to really have that, that fighting spirit where they get to lead and um, be, at the, be on the front lines. If you are in love or friendship with an Aries moon, they're going to be hot sometimes. <laughs> they're going to be hot. They're going <laughs> to express anger freely. They're going to express their opinions freely. Um, they are going to be full of expression and it will feel so good to them to have a safe space to express. And in fact, you know, whenever Marco and I get in, get in arguments, again, I'm a Libra man. So I'm always like, tone it down, turn it down. Hey, can we bring it down a notch? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, Marco loves me. He always wants to do his best for me. And then I see him like just starting to implode and he's like I've got to be able to express this you know so so you got to meet each other in the middle if you got a Libra moon like me and with you're with an Aries moon don't squash them let them express even I mean have boundaries have healthy boundaries have healthy rules and agreements and and if the other person needs to go express in a journal or express into a pillow let them go do it Um, and you know, oh God, what film was this from? And they said, no one puts baby in the corner. Oh my God. It's, uh, the, the, the dance. dancing, uh, dirty dancing, dirty dancing. No one puts baby in the corner. This is an Aries moon creed. Don't put them in the corner. Don't tell them to shut up or sit down or, you know, time out or any of this, those things. Give them healthy expression. Um, and Instead of telling them what to do, which anyone with any Aries in their chart or Aquarius or Capricorn or Scorpio will not like to be told what to do. Instead, share how their actions make you feel, right? Like, oh, when you talk to me that way, I feel, oh, I feel like constricted. I feel like I want to hide because that's letting them into your world which that's an experience for an Aries moon and they're looking to experience things. So, so it speaks their language. And then um, it lets them know how to show up for you. It lets them know how to do good by you. And that's going to put them into their natural sense of leadership and heroism. Now, most Aries moon signs, unless they have like super amazing parents, they don't naturally think of the other first. They know how to think of other people, um, but first they're going to think of themselves and what's going on in their inner world, right? Aries is, is the me, is the baby, is the I am. So they think about themselves. Um, so when you give them the opportunity to step into your world and to understand you, um, then they're able to show up as that leader. And I can testify to that. I, ha- I had to learn how to do that myself um, with Marco. And I, and I still learn every day how to um, really speak to that Aries moon. Hmm. Um, and what to do if you're in a relationship with an Aries moon and they won't express themselves. I mean, again, this could be with a bestie or a family member. Simply make them feel safe to do so. Just give them the space. Like, hey, whenever you're ready, I'm ready to listen. Or, hey, I'm really angry. Can I talk to you about it? You know, um, and when they're ready, they, you won't be able to stop them from expressing. 
just let them feel safe. So ultimately you wanna give them their independence, their expression, their autonomy, and their spontaneity too. And they will show up for you like the hero that they are. Okay, finally, last one, Venus and Aries. So we got Lady Gaga again, Venus and Aries. This is how she does creativity. We have Rihanna again. Venus and Aries. And then also another one that I thought was cool, Robert Downey Jr. He's pretty fearless when it comes to creativity. Mm. So, and we also have Marco's oldest son, <laughs> who is a mm-hmm. Venus and Aries. And we were talking about that tonight. He's such mm. a Venus and Aries. So <laughs> Venus and Aries go for what they want, right? Like that fire, they're action takers, whether it's with money, love, or creativity, they are direct they are action oriented and typically they come in hot. Like you won't be, a, you, you won't be confused when a Venus and Aries is interested in you or wants to do a project with you or wants to make money with you. You, you will have no confusion. The words will be blunt. Um, they will not be shy with letting their desires be known unless, unless they have like a ton of other shy placements or something strange. But typically a Venus and Aries, they're going to tell you exactly what they want. Uh, And they will also love to be someone's hero. Now, this can go into a shadow aspect where where they end up rescuing, you know, wanting to to be the rescuer to someone that, you know, in partnership that's really not their equal. uh, But they they get into that rescuing cycle and, and then they have to find their way out of it. Um, however, they are such great leaders and heroes when they're aligned. And a great example of this was Lady Gaga. And I forget, was it the Grammys or was it the Oscars? Which it had to be the Oscars when she was helping Liza Minnelli on stage. And mm-hmm. Liza just kept forgetting what kind of what was happening in general. And Lady Gaga just, boom, was right there, was right there, was right there. Mm-hmm. And this is because she was using her leadership as an act of love. I mean, you could see it emanating off of her. She was in a space of love around Mm. Liza and that made her go into hero mode. Mm. So Venus and Aries, they're competitive. They enjoy a good game. They enjoy a good conquest. So whether it's creatively or in love, they're going to enjoy winning and being the best. So Mm. sometimes this shows up in sports or in gaming or something like that. Like just really loving it. Like um, Asher's oldest son, like he loves gaming and, uh, and it, it just really pulls out a lot of natural joy from him. And, um, and he also loves moments where he's the best at something. So, you know, <laughs> Venus and Aries gonna want to be celebrated for being the best. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm also guessing if we have any Bridgerton fans here that Kate Sharma from Bridgerton, Sharma, sorry, not Sharma. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. That's awful. Sharma is like the bread that you eat when something like that. Anyways, Kate Sharma from Bridgerton, guarantee you she has a Venus in Aries. Always wanting to win, always wanting to be the best. And at the same time, it's, it was like a foreplay for her. That was foreplay. That is Venus in Aries. Um, so to, to sum it all up, Venus and Aries will want spontaneity, playfulness, a healthy dose of competitiveness, the ability to lead and take action, 
the ability to be direct and blunt and a chance to be their loved one's hero. Yay! Did you have anything to add as a Aries moon or with Asher's Venus and Aries? No. No, you nailed it all, of course. <laughs> all right, y'all. So I'd love to know if you have an Aries sun, an Aries Venus, or an Aries moon, or any of your loved ones that you just happen to listen to this because you're seeking more information and more connection with them. I'd love to more know more about that below. And again, if somehow you're listening to this someplace else, go to my Substack account and drop in on the conversation below. I'd love to hear from you. And we would love to hear from you if this was supported, supportive, looking for feedback. So get back to us on that. And I think that's it. Anything else? No, you're amazing. <laughs> so complimentary. Okay, everyone, go be brave, go be bold, go be holy and selfish and feel the fear and do it anyways and let your anger burn hot and holy. And uh, we will see you next month for Sun in Taurus. Bye. Bye.